Welcome to the B2B Mix Show with Elena and Stacy. Each week, we'll bring you ideas that you can implement in your own marketing strategy. We'll share what we know and advice from industry experts who will join us from time to time here on the show. Are you ready to mix it up? Let's get started. Hi, everyone. I'm Stacy Jackson. And I'm Elena Jackson. We are the co-founders of Jackson Marketing. And in case you still haven't heard, we are also sisters. We're bringing you episode 26 of the B2B Mix Show. Stacy, what's the topic of today's episode? Today, we are talking about the need for brands and businesses to build and leverage partnerships online. And there's a pretty good reason that you need to be thinking about this. It is noisy out there, people. At the time of this recording, internetlifestats.com reports that just for today, and this is just today's numbers, there are over 1.7 million websites, over 3.6 million blogs posted, that's individual blog posts, more than 431 million tweets have been sent, over 47 million photos have been uploaded to Instagram, and on and on. And the amount of information being created is just, you know, staggering. You, it's it's insane to try and be heard above all that noise. Yeah, it's just crazy how many things are out there and how many people are on online too. So what you've got to do is you got to fight for that attention in all the noisy digital world that's that's happening right now. And sometimes the fight requires the help of a few good partners. And our guest Steve Thode is just the right person to talk to when it comes to building and leveraging partnerships online to maximize your visibility. Steve is the CEO of Cluster, a collaborative marketing platform that helps connect small businesses with an online community that can exponentially increase their business online exposure at a fraction of the cost of other current marketing options. So Steve, welcome to the B2B Mix Show. Thank you. Happy to be here. Before we get started talking about building and leveraging online partnerships, would you like to give us a little more background about yourself or details about Cluster and how the whole idea of Cluster got started? I can do my best. So actually, believe it or not, I've been around in since the early 2000s, in fact, the late 90s when the internet was uh, just launched. And so I've always had a love for researching and understanding the internet. And my background actually is in finance. I worked for a wealth management company for a number of years. And while I was working for the wealth management company, I was having fun learning about search engine optimization. And we were lucky enough to reach roughly 40 million people. In the early days, you could say we were one of the gurus of building links and that sort of thing. But it was pretty exhausting, quite honestly. So while I was at the financial services company, we had a program where we work with other business owners and we put together a, a show effectively. We put together a night or an event where a number of financial services professionals would get together and put together content, a show. The accountant would talk about accounting. The lawyer would talk about legal with respect to uh, wealth. The insurance professional would talk about insurance and so on and so forth. And in the end, this group of businesses all worked together to drive more people to this show or this event. Not one of us was responsible for bringing all 35, 40 people into the room. We were all responsible for bringing, you know, five to 10 people to the room. And we put on a good show and the clients benefited. And the way the clients benefited also, you knew because they were asking for help from the business owners that put together the show. So that was our very first cluster, if you will. And we just thought, well, how do we simulate this online? And the, the platform basically was born out of that same concept. 
wins, that the consumer wins, uh, businesses work together. And that's a really, really important thing. Right. And and a lot of those businesses out there are looking for help. And that's where you came into play and added that values. Right now, we're kind of in the crazy, insane stats like Stacy shared earlier about the noisiness that's happening. And it's getting tougher and tougher for brands to be heard. Are there like ways that you've seen businesses try to combat all the the noise that's out there and how they stack up against online partnerships because like even LinkedIn is becoming very noisy as well where it used to not be so noisy. Are there ways that you've seen businesses kind of go and stand out? Well, I mean, obviously I get specific, but if you think of our small town that we live in, there's roughly a hundred chiropractors and the search term for chiropractors in this small town is roughly 800 to 900 searches a month in Google. So if only 10 of those 100 chiropractors, 90 to 100 chiropractors can be in the top of Google, what are the other 90 people? What are the other 90 chiropractors to do? The the way we get these other 90 chiropractors to stand out is they effectively form these clusters or these alliances with other business owners and they upload their content to our platform and they work together with other local businesses to distribute each other's valuable content. That same, if you do the math, if there's 800 searches for the term, let's say there's actually closer to 2,000 searches for chiropractor-related terms, and there's 100 businesses, that means on average, each business gets 20 clicks. Now, we all know that it's skewed highly to the first 10. Within our platform, a chiropractor can deliver between two and 400 clicks to their content in a month by forming an alliance with other business owners. So we have the ability to, how do I say this, take marketing into our own hands by building our own media property. Because when it comes down to it, Google is a media property and it's owned by Google. Websites are media properties and blogs are media properties and Facebooks are media properties that are owned by the business owner. But 20 years ago, the business owner contributed to the Yellow Pages or a local newspaper. Mm -hmm. They, They couldn't sustain themselves by operating alone. So they had to form these alliances years ago. They just formed these alliances with a third party owned media property. Now what we're saying is, Let's create a legitimate media property with a group and get critical mass of distribution. I think that's a good point, especially when you think about, okay, in the Wild West days of the internet, people could go on and have their own property and get attention. But as it's become a more universal place for businesses to pop up and stake their own claim for a website, you have to depend on one another and build those alliances to get attention. So I think that was a great reminder of how people used to do business and that need for alliances and collaborative marketing is coming back. So when when it comes to building that cluster with either complementary businesses or franchisees or different business units, I know we've we see the SEO benefit. What are some other benefits that businesses could see from having a, a collaborative marketing hub like cluster? Well, I'm excited that you you mentioned the SEO benefit. That's something that we learned after creating the platform. We we didn't realize how mm. how focused we we always focused on greater distribution. We didn't 
focus on the improved SEO, and that has been a real pleasant surprise. Respect to cluster, we have basically two types of publications or clusters you can create. We have what's called a team publication, where a, a business is strong enough on its own with their staff and their salespeople to create a quality publication. And so we have the ability to add team members to the distribution of our publication. So any business, for example, a, a local gym where there's multiple trainers and multiple experts in health, they could create a great publication that appeals to a larger audience. And let's say the 10 or 15 trainers in that gym, they can all work together to educate the community on their collective strength. So that's a single team publication. And the second one is where it gets really exciting is when multiple businesses form an alliance around a topic. For example, we have a, a an alliance called Healthy Waterloo, which is a group of health professionals that work together. And all these health professionals use their social media collectively to distribute everyone's content. Just like a local newspaper, you would deliver one local newspaper with hundreds of messages. That's the same concept. And the consumer can consume a lot more in a single location. So, so the major benefit, the two major benefits that we have from use of our platform, actually there's three. Number one is you get greater distribution of your content from the community. And what's really fun about that community is as the community stays together longer, they get to know each other as businesses and as people. The old fashioned alliance of, oh, you should go see this person starts to form because you're reading each other's content and you're realizing that this person is taking the time to educate their consumer and you're meeting them locally. And then the third, of course, benefit is that we've noticed an increase in uh, organic results because your this health alliance is a, is, a, is a bona fide media property and it's distributing the links of health professionals. It's perceived relatively well by Google. We have a, a local yoga studio that was above the top 10 in Google for the term yoga. They're now number two. All they really did was meet, make a little bit more meat on their website and then consistently create content and get their content distributed by fellow local uh, business owners. Have you seen a lot of people uh, or businesses where they are trying to partner online and why, maybe they're, you're getting asked this question a lot, but why are businesses trying to partner online and or offline for that matter? But why is it so convenient for them to do that? And how do you convince them that it's a good decision to do this? And especially when they're partnering, partnering with other companies. Yeah. So that's in the local space or any space, that's not the hard part. Businesses want to cooperate with each other. They're dying to. In fact, local business owners are dying to form a community. The, the thing that we see as the, the hurdle, if you will, is having the leader to assemble this group and you know putting together content's not easy for a lot of people. Even though there's tons of noise out there, I would argue that a very small percentage of businesses are creating quality content right now. When we form these clusters, it's really important that the community is supported by a marketing professional of some sort that appreciates social media, that appreciates uh, link building, that appreciates quality content, uh, that appreciates the need for concise and clean call to actions. The businesses, they want to work together. They're dying to work together because they feel alone right now as far as I'm concerned. I mean, if you think of the two of our businesses, we work together, yet we still feel alone. What about the businesses that haven't even got to that point yet? Hey folks, let's take a break to hear about today's sponsor. And we are back. Do you see people using it 
in a way where it helps them with like social selling or employee advocacy ways yeah. of using it? Yeah. So we're right now we're talking with an Acura uh, dealership and the Acura dealership has, you know, roughly 50 employees. You can call it employee advocacy, but you can also call it employee participation. And it's a really interesting game. They are connected, that employee group, probably to enough people that business can increase. So how do you produce the content strong enough and accepted enough for the staff to share? How do you reward the staff for sharing content from a business on social media? You know, you can't threaten your employees and your staff. You, you have to do it as a group. But definitely from an employee advocacy standpoint, people want to say, hey, look, look, let's work together, guys. Let's not. And, and we all know that over the last four or five years, social media has changed significantly. And when you talk about noise of social media, I'll never forget a conference that I was at in Chicago. It was a social media conference put on by a local social media professional. And they had a great panel of people. And at the time, they were talking about things like Periscope and the, these apps that never really quite worked. But you know, in that room, all 150 social media professionals were talking over the panelists. That was synonymous to the way the world is right now. We all want ourselves to be heard most. Mm -hmm. right. <laughs> and that's dangerous. So, so that's what we're working on. We're working at like legit, legitimate quality publications like you guys are doing is you're trying to put together deep content and that's what gets read. That's what gets heard. It's really easy to post on Instagram. And it's cool, don't get me wrong. But because it's easy, the volume of content on Instagram is overwhelming. And you guys remember, you remember two and a half, three years ago when Facebook Live was gonna be the greatest thing since sliced bread. <laughs> right. And, and it's not, and there's a reason why it's not. I'm not entirely sure of it, but you know, people wanna consume content when they wanna consume it, not when you want me to consume it. Right? right. So it's really interesting. Podcasting is old technology compared to Facebook Live, but it still works. <laughs> Right. So when we talk about businesses coming together to form a cluster and um, manage that shared media property, have you identified or seen examples of clusters and how they're managing it? Best practices? Is there a, a single point person that's kind of in charge of creating the brand or managing the editorial process? What are you yeah. seeing work out there? Yeah, so we've learned, we've learned, just like everyone else learns. Creating a cluster first feels very salesy. Hey, come on, join our magazine. It's like an advertising vehicle. And cluster was not meant to be that way where you give me your money and we'll get you noticed like an advertising vehicle. Cluster was built for businesses to actually cooperate together. So like any relationship in life, one of the things we recognized was two good people in a cluster is better than 20 bad people in the cluster. And there's a reason, which I've learned for the term called cluster, you know what I'm talking about, right? <laughs> so, and in real relationships, you can't look after other people until you look after yourself. So our process now when we create clusters is we, we take care of the individual unit holder. So we would go to a local business owner that wants to get found more online, that wants to build an employee advocacy program and leverage what they have. And we build a team publication. We get them understanding the need to create constant content and distribute constant content on a regular basis. So from there, then we bring in business number two. And business number two is doing the same thing. They're creating good content. Their staff is distributing. Now we bring those two businesses together and we double their distribution. And then we bring a third business in that 
is behaving properly, that they believe in consistent content creation. They believe in consistent distribution. And it's really incredibly powerful at that point in time. So when we first built clusters, we thought we had to build a cluster of 20 businesses. And now we actually build them one brick at a time. And we build that foundation first. Is there like a sweet spot of the number of businesses you might have in one cluster as a best practice for that? I mean, the platform is effectively, if you think about it, it allows a group of businesses to build a, a dynamic publication or a dynamic group blog or a dynamic e-magazine. So it, it's constantly changing. So from the consumer who's getting that information, they can only digest so much information at once. The average consumer that goes to one of these clusters views three to four pieces of content. So to answer your question, a cluster of two to 10 can be as valuable as a cluster of 10 to 20. We kind of always seem to peak out at 30 businesses. That's plenty. Because at that point in time, the publication is really strong and similar to kind of local networking groups. You want everyone to have their voice heard. I don't want to get into that right now, but we have a business model where each business is effectively a receiver of influence as well as an influencer. So Stacy, you are an incredible influencer, right? You know within a cluster how much you have given to the group and how much you've received from the group. You know which members of your cluster are sitting and watching and you know which members of the group you want to align yourself with further. Mm-hmm. And it's really interesting. So the cream rises to the top, right? And if you're listening, you should go check out the Allied Marketers Cluster that Steve has out there. I am a member, but I haven't contributed lately. So I'm not part of the cream of the crop. I need to get my <laughs> post out well, there. Bad, Stacy. So when it comes to B2B, because as you know, the majority of our audience is primarily made up of B2B sales and marketing professionals. How do you recommend that B2B marketers approach the idea of a content community or a collaborative marketing platform like yours? Well, I think all of these B2B communities do already participate in these B2B communities. I was just at a conference called the Collision Conference. They were all software development companies or technology companies that got together and realized that getting together was really positive for the audience that wanted to see them. So anyone who wanted to go to this conference could see so much at once. So we're already participating in clusters, quite frankly. Most of it is in the form of a conference. But the, the truth of the matter is, is whatever you do, there's somebody else who does something that can complement your business for your, for your clients. And you are providing value add by educating your client on other people's stuff. And that only brings you up in the minds of those clients because you're not an island. You, you need to show that you're constantly educating yourself on new things. And, you, and, and you're doing this, by the way. You, you are forming, I see your social media posts where you're trying to bring the search engine journal con, um, content to your audience. It's the, the problem is, is, not problem, but that's fleeting, right? Where, where's that foundation of place where your clients can go on a regular basis and go, this is great. I want to read here. I want to stay here for a while. And I want to actually get into some depth for a while. Mm-hmm. Because, because right now you're sending people to really great content. Don't get me wrong. But once they're done that content, where does that consumer of that content go? They go somewhere else. Whereas if you sent them to a quality piece of content in a central location, they would stay there for a while. And that's not how the internet's structured right now. 
So with a, a hub like Cluster has, there's the ability for those business owners to collect leads through the cluster, right? Exactly. In fact, we, we built some really interesting things in the technology. Any, any business that uses the platform has the ability to add their team members to the distribution of content. So we have a, a group in Canada where they have one publication, 30 franchise owners distributing the content. The business owner has the ability to assign any of the calls to action to the team members who distribute the content. So a sales team can, they can say, look, I need content for my audience because I'm trying to educate them on what we do. And they don't always buy right away, but when they do buy and they do fill out that form, I want to capture that lead. So we have a a crude CRM table that allows you to collect your leads. We had one woman who distributed a thousand piece of content and she got 30 leads from that content. And those leads she wouldn't have gotten otherwise because they were from not her social media audience. They were from the audience of others. That's huge because what does everybody want? Every business wants leads. So, so that's, that's right. definitely a huge thing. Right. So, so we're, we are, you know, look, the reality is, is you can use our platform 100% free. This obviously sponsored. You can remove the ads if you want. For some B2B industries that claim, oh, our product or content is too boring, I could see this really being a great way to reach people without having to necessarily talk about a boring widget. They could talk about having other businesses come and participate and talk about things that are related, and then they might be like the sponsor of the cluster. Do you have people doing that? We do have kind of sponsorships. You have the ability to pin content. So we even thought about that for that, that health cluster, for example, and I'll get back to your point, but that health cluster, we thought, what if the national drugstore wanted to sponsor this health cluster? Our belief was that's that national drugstore would still have to create valuable content that fit the theme of that community. So yeah, you can definitely set whatever rules you want to the cluster and you can pin those people that do want to be more sponsored oriented. And the truth of the matter is, is, you know, you can build a pay per click system within the platform because you know, when five businesses get together, you know exactly how much each of those five businesses are getting and each of those five businesses are giving to the group. That was a big learning experience for us. But yes, you, you can structure it any way you want. We're just a platform that encourages groups to distribute. Before Stacy hits you with our just for fun question, do you have any final thoughts that you'd like to share or any tips? Yeah, I do. So this is my dream. My dream is, and this has to do with maybe a final question, but my dream is, is that 20 surfing companies around the world that have never met each other, that do great surf lessons in different parts of the world get together and form a cluster. Could you imagine how incredible the publication would be for those people that surf where the owners of the businesses are talking about not only surfing, but the communities that they work with. And as you know, somebody who surfs, I can read a piece of content from Australia and go, oh, I want to go to Australia surfing. <laughs> and, and then at the same time, I'm like, wow, there's this Costa Rican surf shop that's also wants to surf. And that community of, of surf companies around the world could work together and more people would go surfing. And that's, that's the dream is that all of us now start to, to read these magazines that are built by the business owners that have incredible content, incredible story. And now instead of following 10,000 people on Twitter, I follow 
30 cool publications written by 30 amazing businesses. So that's what I'm looking for. I'm looking for one place to go and read some great stuff on a regular basis. Quick little antidote is, you know, the roadside sign in, in the United States is great at this, but the road sign, food sign, mm -hmm. you've got a sign that has a McDonald's, a Burger King, a Wendy's, a, you know, a Pizza Hut, whatever. They all work together on that same sign. And you know what happens? The consumer wins because they go eat and they're hungry. And it's those big, those companies are forming a cluster and an alliance with content. It happens to be a logo is their content. But I can tell you without that sign, fewer people would eat. Yeah. <laughs> Right. It'd be a hungry road trip. Yeah. Right. But it, it, they work. And that's all we're trying to do. All right, Steve. So we have one final question. If you weren't the CEO of Cluster and could pursue any career you want, what would your dream job be? Does it have to do with surfing? <laughs> that's what I was just thinking. <laughs> so it's close. I love doing what I'm doing. But in the end, the goal is to retire and take people from around the world sailing, oh, not cool. surfing. But I often wondered what it would be like to live in the, in the winter and meet people from around the world and take them sailing and teach them sailing in a relatively big boat in a safe environment. I think I get that from my grandfather who owned a fish and chip restaurant. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's cool. He was a simple, happy guy making fish and chips. Awesome. All right, Steve. Well, thank you so much for taking time to speak with us today. If our listeners would like to get in touch or follow you online, what are the best ways to connect with you? Yeah, they can just uh, search Cluster Steve and they'll find me either on Twitter or my cluster portfolio is available to, to read. I have lots of thoughts and I think I've, we've had a lot of fun building what we're building. So I'd love to meet more people. It'd be great. And it, and it's, Cluster, K-L-U-S-S-T-E-R, correct? That's the only spelling we could get. <laughs> okay. We I just don't want people going and looking for C-L-U-S-T-E-R, Steve. Or <laughs> yes. yes, K and a double S. It's, and we'll put that in the show notes. Yeah. Okay, fair enough. Thank you so much. All right, people, that is a wrap. If you want to get in touch with me or Stacy, you can hit us up on social. On Twitter, you can find Stacy at Stacy underscore Jax. That's S-T-A-C-Y underscore J-A-X. And you can find me at Elena underscore Jax. That's A-L-A-N-N-A underscore J-A-X. If you're not a Twitter fan, that's okay. Look us up on LinkedIn under Stacy Jackson and Elena Jackson. And finally, don't forget, you can also leave us a voicemail on the Anchor mobile app. Have a good week. Have a great week. Bye. The B2B Mix Show is hosted by Stacey Jackson and Elena Jackson of, you guessed it, Jackson Marketing. If you need help with your B2B inbound marketing efforts, visit us at jacksonmarketingservices.com.